You're listening to Chatting with Copywriters. I'm your co-host, Bobby Lind. And I'm Kimberly Whitecamp. In each episode, we break down the mysteries of copywriting and marketing. In this episode of Chatting with Copywriters, we talk about voice of customer data and how to use it best to get the best results from your copy. But before we get into that, Bobby and I are going to have a very fun discussion about a favorite Saturday morning activity. So Bobby, I have a question for you. Bring it. All right. As a kid, I loved watching Saturday morning cartoons, and a bunch of them kind of are stuck in my head forever. So I have a question for you. Okay. What was your favorite cartoon character's catchphrase? Thundercats ho. Oh! (laughs) That is so great. My sister was obsessed with Thundercats. Like, no joke, as soon as those things were on DVD, she was rushing to the store and buying them all up. Yeah, yeah, that that was, um, yeah, DVD. See... When I was still around, VHSs actually still existed. But they but, um, recently yeah. released Thundercats on DVD a couple yeah. years. Well, ago. They, they 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 did they redid them, and no, I was I'm not a, I'm not a fan. They've redone an oh. awful lot of the original '80s, you know, late '70s '80s cartoons, and they you know they've got they've got quite a few of them. But yes, no. So uh, growing up, Thundercats that was my. That was my big one. I always wanted to be Lionel, but you know, I'm the oldest in my family. So I always <laughs> just assumed, oh, I'm the leader. So I'm, you know, Lionel. And that was the big thing. Thundercats. Ah! <laughs> oh yeah. No, we ran around our house and varying stages of dress with capes and all sorts of stuff pretending to be like, so that, you know, my siblings and all, we, we all had our own characters that we would play. And we managed to get my, my youngest sister to be Snarf, the cat that would just sort of like pounce around. I don't know. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, yeah. So that's the um that was the the catchphrase from my youth of of Saturday morning cartoons. What about yourself, Kimberly? Um so I was a a big big fan of bugs. That's all, folks. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I loved Bugs Bunny and I'm hunting a wascally wabbit. I'm hunting a wascally wabbit. You know, I I just I loved that kind of fun interplay between the characters and, you know, it was always interesting to see, okay, what are they going to try next? And of course it's not going to work. And that's what made it funny because you knew it was going to work, but sometimes you weren't sure why it wasn't going to work. So you couldn't wait to see how it was not going to work. And of course, uh, my favorite thing as well is quite a lot of TV shows as I was growing up also kind of made homage to the, to that particular a uh, set of cartoon characters and kind of had cartoon episodes and they had cartoon fight scenes that were clearly like waiting for the acne to fall on him. Um, so, wow. <laughs> well, that's all folks. Uh, so <laughs> that was my favorite uh, cartoon catchphrase. And that kind of segues us, I think really well into voice of customer data because both of us, if you'll notice uh, listener, we knew what show. <laughs> we were talking about. Bobby knew what show I was talking about. I definitely knew what show Bob, uh, Bobby was talking about because that is exactly what someone who watches it would use. Those are the phrases they use. Those are the words they use. And they're ones they recognize. And we're like, oh, these are someone who are my people. I can't wait to read more, right? Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, businesses do that. Some of them will do it as a tagline, right? So just do it is? Nike. Yeah. You know, um, let's see, what are some of the other ones that are out there? Um, oh gosh, she's going to name something and I'm not going to know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, um, 
Well, there's a couple of them that have jingles. I've got jingles running through my head, which is definitely not, you know, voice of the customer, but you know, you'll get taglines that people know that just instantly um, they they recognize the brand and, and, or what you're selling. And, and I think Nike was just stuck in my head because I'm pretty sure I just saw a commercial on that. So I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. There's Nike. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, I watch shows for the commercials, not necessarily for the content of the show, but um. That's um, it, it, you know, well, it is. Yeah. Thanks to like Netflix and everything like that. You can see the show without the commercial. And I'm like, but the commercials are the part that I like dissect, <laughs> but I digress. Yeah. So, but vo- I mean, voice of the customer is one of the, one of the ways that, that you can get, you know, what, you know, what's kind of going on. You, you know, when it's something that is put out by that company, you know, one of my favorite brands right now to follow is like Yeti, the, um, the the ice, the, no, no, the ice, the ice box coolers, right? The, the coolers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because they, um, you know, their marketing is, it, it's very funny. You can kind of get the, um, they've kind of anthropomorphized the, the, this, uh, this cooler. So it goes on different adventures and, and it's, it's got, it's got some pretty good humor that goes with it. And that's part of the, the voice of them and their company. Right. But when, and you know, when you're talking about that's them and their company, and, but also another uh, part of voice of customer data and really the big part is knowing how people talk about something. It's a way to bring in the right people. And it's also a way to push away those who are not a good fit. Um, you know, one of the things I find most interesting is especially in software and technology, when you're talking about new things, I'll have companies who are like, I want to use this phrase. And it's something like, Oh, what was it? Uh, customer profiling data for customer avatars of machine learning and specialization. <laughs> and I asked, um, I, 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 mean, I okay, to- I, I'm sorry if that person is listening, but that just, <laughs> I mean, I got lost and was like, I, there's too many words in that. Exactly. And that's because that's how the customer, that's how the company defines it internally, right? They're talking about these, (laughs) this is the code, this is the algorithm, what have you. But the customers, remember, voice of customer data is saying, what are our customers actually looking for? We're looking for ways to provide personalized buying journeys, or we're looking for, you -hmm. know, even that might be too complex for what people are putting into their search engines. Right. It might be that they're just looking for increasing conversions or they're looking for AI assisted buying. That might be a term that they actually look for. So when you're talking about voice of customer data, it's not just about does my stuff match the voice of the company, but also is it speaking in the language that my customers are using? Absolutely. And one of the best ways, of course, to to get your voice of customer data is to go where your customers are hanging out and see what they say. I mean, we're talking forums, Reddit, Quora, customer service tickets, you know, how are they describing their problems? How are they describing their pain points? And yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've, yeah, we, we, and we, we've gone into um, a couple of podcasts back. We really talked about the language and getting, getting that information, but you know, there's another thing that comes into the voice of the customer is, I mean, look, I, I joked about what you were saying kind of put me to sleep, but that doesn't mean that that's not the voice of them as, as their, um, as the company. It is okay to come across as being that educational, you know, 
you know, we have a long cadence. It's not necessarily snappy. It's okay to come across as that as long as it becomes interesting. Now, you did a really good job in stating, you know, in stating that phrase, I'm obviously not their customer because it put me to sleep. And so it was polarizing enough for me to go, okay, I, I, you've lost me at like the third word. But I like short, punchy, snappy copy that moves with a rhythm and a cadence that I can read and follow. And it's, it's, it's for me, it's showing motion. And that's part of like using shorter sentences, using less commas and semicolons or anything that makes a run on sentence that you can make grammatically and correct in the English language, but is a page long of a single sentence. And I've seen those and they're, they're, they're harder for me to read, but that just means that I may not be necessarily the, the audience for that. You see this a lot in academia and in people that, um, that deal pretty heavily in clinical studies. And, you know, I've, read my fair share of clinical studies that will absolutely put anybody to sleep in my opinion, but you know, it's taking that it's interpreting it and going, how can I make this something that moves and flows along with that, that customers and everybody will understand. So, you know, for me, voice of customer, there's, there's a tone to it. Do you come across as potentially, you know, you come across as condescending. There's actually quite a massive, there's a, there's a number of people whose brand is making fun of everybody that they, that they come through and they make a ton of money doing this. There are some people whose tone is, don't worry, I'm learning this with you. We'll learn this together. And so their tone comes across as being, I don't know everything, but let's learn it together. Then there's other people that come across as, I've been there, I've done that, let me teach you how to do that. So tone is one thing. Then you have, you know, we talked about cadence, which is just how fast the um the words move and everything like that so definitely and what you were just describing right those are different types of voices and there's nothing to say that a company is doing something wrong if they're using the big words if they're using the longer sentences if they're using the less fun and humorous approach right uh Mm -hmm. you know a lot of as as i've said before i do a lot of b2b and it used to be that oh b2b meant boring and that doesn't it's not the case anymore. B2B doesn't mean boring, mm-hmm. but there's also nothing to say that if your company has a particular voice, if they have a particular approach and that's longer sentences, that's bigger words, it's more in depth. As long as you're speaking to your audience, that's okay. And the way that you are speaking to your audience is from how your audience talks. So if you're targeting Let's, let's, let's bring up Bobby's past professions here, her recovering computer scientist. If you're targeting <laughs> computer scientists, right? I've been on sites that are targeting computer scientists. I understand maybe one in every 15 words, but a computer scientist understands exactly what they're saying, right? They're using the short phrases. They're using the shortcuts. They're using yep, the, the words that they use. So uh, as I've said before, right, it's a way to bring in the right people for your product. Now, if you are a heavily, heavily software-oriented company, it's all about the, the different things that you can do with software for you, but your customer is someone who's you know, never studied computer science in their life, then uh-huh. the phrases you use in your marketing need to be very different because you do yeah, not absolutely. want to have to get somebody to get a translator to understand what it is that you are selling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And what's really interesting is, even in, in, in my past life and career as a computer scientist, I made quite the living translating between 
the techno babble and management, which in and of itself was trying to, you know, I was, I was effectively doing copy. I was making sure that all of our engineers and our programmers and, and everybody that was building the software, even though we had fun and cutesy names on it, it, it translated to these guys needed to understand it. Management needed to understand it because of, you know, they're the ones who had to go through and pitch it to their bosses or anything like that. You know, and I've worked in the government organization where that, that mattered. And I've worked in, you know, private organizations where again, it mattered that the communication from the top to bottom, they just happened to be our customers at the time that I was speaking in their language. So they understood what we were doing and they understood why, you know, it may have taken 36 hours to rebuild the data because of whatever it was that we were doing or that we were writing this and then compiling it. And it was going to take some time and everything like that. But it's all about that. You know, they had to understand the voice of that translation. Here's what you say that we're doing, but this is my target audience and they, they're not as technical as we were. And so I made quite a career as being the go between there for, for a while. And, you know, this using voice of customer data doesn't always, and does, I'm sorry, doesn't only apply to talking about software companies, right? If you're talking about, you do HR training, you do staff training. If you're talking about, uh, you provide a financial advantage to somebody. It's all about using the phrases that your audience and your customers are actually using. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be incredibly complex, but let's say uh, this is a, this is a big one, right? I've, I've come across this a lot. I always ask my clients, how do you refer to your customers? Are they clients? Are they customers? Yes. Are they buyers? Um, and in my case, sometimes they're patients. They're and patients. Some, you know, there's, there's so many different ways to refer to the people it is that send you, that, that give you money. And it's incredibly important to be consistent on that. You know, it is, I have, it's very important. It matches the company's brand. It matches their voice. And it also matches exactly who they're serving. Because some people, they'd find it offensive if they're considered a customer instead of a client because it implies a different type of relationship. Absolutely. You know, and most of the people that I serve are my clients. Some of them have customers. Some of them have clients. Some of them have members. Some, some of, of them, them have partners. Have partners. Some of them have patients. Some of, I mean, that word, it's unique to everybody's, it's almost unique to everybody's industry. You can kind of, you know, filter across the top of them and say, are are these, is this this what you call the people who buy your products or services? And if, if you're not using that, that language in talking, not only like from, from me as a B2B business, from me to my client and then to the customer, or, you know, their next level down. If you're missing that mark, you're having two very different conversations, even though you may be saying something that should mean the same, humans have a very hard problem with translating on the fly. And so when you use terminology that doesn't match what either they're expecting or that they need to hear, you have a mismatch in communication. When you have a mismatch in communication, you actually don't make sales. Exactly. And, you know, it's not just about uh, how people describe themselves. I've seen it before where, you know, people describe a pain point as something in particular, right? They're saying, uh, I need to, I don't know, uh, invest more or save more time. And because of the industry you're in, they don't use that phrase, right? They're talking about, I need to save overtime. I need to reduce overtime. Uh, hours mm-hmm. or they're talking or become about- more efficient in the operations with my employees 
right? I need to become more efficient or we need mm -hmm. to increase our productivity. Uh, so that kind of phrase can mean something very different to somebody who wants to accomplish more today than to someone who owns a manufacturing plant and needs to uh, meet a certain quota, right? Productivity means something very different to both of those people. But if you're talking to that audience, you can use productivity, you can use efficiency, it depends. So, you know, voice of customer data is all about how are your customers or clients or partners or patients, how are they uh, actually talking about their concerns and their pains? And then how can you put that into your copy? And, you know, as I said, it's very simple, right? You go and you find out where they're hanging out. How are they talking about it? How are they using those phrases? And then mm -hmm. you put it into your explanations of what you're offering, right? You don't have to rewrite what you're doing. You don't have to claim that you're going to provide a different benefit. It's all about just rephrasing and positioning so that it matches what they're actually looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And see, here's the thing. When you get it right, your sales will explode. Mm -hmm. If you get it wrong, you'll wonder why nobody's buying or only a few people are buying, you know, and those people that are buying, they really, really, really want what you offer. And they've been willing to slog through something that maybe isn't a hundred percent for them, but they're pretty sure it might work. So, I mean, it really can be the difference between an incredibly successful campaign campaign or something that the only, the only, I mean, the only problem was that you just weren't speaking their language or you weren't speaking to them in a way that made sense for you and your company. Definitely. So, you know, voice of customer data is a, is a great multiplier in your copy and in your marketing materials. And it's a great way for you to, you know, attract the right customers and repel the ones who you can't really help. Um, any, any final thoughts on, on voice of customer data and how to use it, Bobby? You know, really only, only one, because there's a lot of things that people have as catchphrases, you know, or they'll, they'll use different colloquialisms. I think I said that word, right? You, um, you know, like down here in Texas, we say y'all a lot. And that's fine if you are okay presenting yourself as that Texan. But y'all isn't something that, I mean, a lot of people, it's a really simple one, because a lot of people will look over that and they understand that but it's a dead giveaway on who you are and where you're from. And if that's not what you're looking for, or, you know, you use things like the term balls. Yes. I actually wrote that in copy. That was amazing. I had so much fun writing for that person, you know, <laughs> balls and wow, we, this is so exciting. And you know, those little types of terms and, and terminology that brings out some of your personality may not necessarily resonate with your, your audience, whoever they may be. And just kind of keep that in mind when you think it might be cute, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is. Also, you may think that your audience doesn't like that and they respond very well to it. So, you know, I would say test out those types of things, but it, it does fall in line with voice of customer data as well. Absolutely. And just to add on to that, you know, test everything. So if you find something that uh, in your voice of customer data, that's a surprise to you and you're like, oh, we've never used that approach or we've never said that kind of phrasing. I don't want to use it. It's like, okay, then test it. Right. And as we said before, testing does not mean you need to put it half and half, right? Put it 10%, 10% of the people who are going to come across this marketing material, let them see it and then see how they react. If they react well, then, you know, expand the test. If they don't react well, great. You know that that's still not a viable option for you, even though some of your customers are using that phrasing when talking about what they're needing, uh, it's not going to work in your marketing and you can move on. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. voice of customer data is a really powerful tool for you to, to really connect with your audience and, you know, position yourself as an authority and someone who can really help them. 
Um, and your, your copy can pretty much only benefit from it, but always testing. Testing is always the, the number one tool of a copywriter and marketer, right? Yes, yes, yes. Split test. But we've talked about that before. We have. So thanks for listening to this episode of Chatting with Copywriters, where we talked about how you can use voice of customer data to make your copy soar. Check out our past episodes and visit us at chattingwithcopywriters.com. If you have a topic or would like to appear on our show, please get in touch with us by filling out the contact form. And don't forget to subscribe either at chattingwithcopywriters.com or on your favorite podcast service such as iTunes or Spotify. And if you like what you hear, please share it with your friends and leave us a review.